You're listening to the Sermon Podcast for the Gate Church in Lethbridge, Alberta. For more information, to contact us, or to support this ministry, please visit thegate.org. Good morning, everyone. Once again, thank you so much for joining us online today. We'll be going back to our live service next week, whether it's in person or not. We're going to be doing a live streaming service, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, On that end, I've been really encouraged and thankful, though, for the dedicated and unifying spirit within our church during this time. There's so much temptation for division right now in politics and in opinions and even when it comes to religion, but I'm thankful that that for, for most of you, and instead of dwelling on what could easily divide us, we're choosing to keep what truly matters and what truly unifies us as the church and as a family in focus, which is our faith in Jesus Christ, and our desire to uphold and grow together in his word. On that end, I think we'll be encouraged as we step into the passage from, for this morning, where we'll find that Jesus is teaching his disciples that when we dedicate ourselves to him and to growing in his word, it both unifies us as a family and transforms us into being his light in the world. And so if you would turn with me to Luke 8, 16 to 21, we'll be reading through this. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And he says to them, No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a basket or puts it under a bed, but puts it on the lampstand so that those who come in may see its light. For nothing is concealed that won't be revealed, and nothing hidden that won't be made known and brought to light. Therefore, take care how you listen. For whoever has, more will be given to him. And whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away from him. And then his mother and brothers came to him, but they could not meet with him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. But he replied to them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear and do the word of God. And this is the word of the Lord. So, speaking of lights, my wife has has this way of brightening up any room she walks into. And and what I mean is, she literally turns on all the lights. And, And by all the lights, I mean all of the lights. Every window shade is pulled open, every lamp and every fixture is turned on. If there's a bulb or LED in the room, it'll be on. She, she, she desires whatever space or room she's in to be bright and, and lit up, not a shadow or speck of darkness anywhere. And, and metaphorically speaking, this is, as Jesus tells us, what we're meant to do with the light we've been given as Christians. It's meant to be on. More than that, it's meant to be placed on a stand and shining brightly so that both you and others who come along may see it and see by it. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 tells us the source of this light which we've been given. It says, For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has now shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 
And then previously in the Gospel of Luke, we learned from chapter 232 that Jesus was born to be a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. So Jesus is that light given to us. He's the the manifestation or the living revelation of, of God's word, his truth, his grace, his presence, and his glory. Of course, Jesus is telling his disciples here that as the light, he's going to shine. As the light, he's going to shine. He didn't, he didn't come as the light of the world only to hide from the world. No, he's going to fully reveal the transforming truth and glory of the kingdom of God to all those willing to see and hear because that's why he came. On that theme, I, I should also mention, though, that, that as always, there's more to this light on a stand metaphor here. Again, it's a, it's a scriptural reference which comes straight out of Exodus where, where God commands his people to place a lamp on a stand within his holy sanctuary and to regularly fuel it with pure olive oil so that it would shine always and never go out. This sanctuary lamp is known as the near tamid, which in Hebrew means the eternal flame or eternal light. Its purpose was to be a statute for the people of God and to symbolize the glorious and everlasting presence of God within his temple and among his people. On that end, the Old Testament also repeatedly refers to God's presence and his word or commandments as a light or as a burning fire. And so Jesus is telling us here that this light, the word and the presence of God, is no longer a symbol within the temple, but that it's being revealed to us through him and by him. He is the eternal light given for us. As it says in John 8, 12, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So if you follow Jesus by faith, you've been given and filled with the light of of life. And what this means is that, as it says in Thessalonians, you no longer belong to the night or to the darkness, but are children of the light and children of the day. Or as it says in Ephesians, you no longer walk in darkness. You're no longer confined under the power of sin and death or blindly following the course and patterns of this sinful world. You're set free, living in truth, in the reality and glory of God's love power and presence by his grace alone we now carry the light of christ within us and in the same breath though jesus is also telling us that lamps aren't lit only to to be hidden under our bed or 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 under a basket that would be pointless and, and it would just defeat the purpose of being a light no the purpose of a light is to shine and to penetrate the darkness The purpose of the light is to give light in order to reveal the truth and show the way. So what's happening here is that Jesus is giving his disciples, and and now us, a glimpse into what living a life within the kingdom of God will be all about. He's foreshadowing the great commission, which is to go and make disciples, to proclaim his name. That as his light bearers, as, as insiders who've experienced and get to know the mysteries of the truth and the glory of God, we're meant to now shine his light. We're now meant to proclaim this truth for all to, to see and hear. His light it, it is so life-changing that our lives should portray it. 
We should be glowing with the presence and love of God. As, as the song goes, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? No, I'm going to let it shine and let it shine and let it shine and let it shine. And, and that repetition is symbolic, right? It reminds us that the light of Christ, just like the sanctuary lamp in the temple represented, it, it's eternal. It, it never goes out. It continues to shine. And, and on that subject of the lamp in the temple, as we're reminded in Hebrews, in Christ we've become the new living temples of God. And as his temples, then, we now carry that eternal light within us. Again, why? Well, as, as Jesus says in the parable, so that those who come in may see it. So that those who enter into the, the spaces and places where we are may see something in us that draws them to see and know Jesus. But yet, th this parable seems to be suggesting that sometimes we do the opposite. Sometimes we hide the light of Christ in our lives. We try to cover it up or conceal it. And, and so we need to ask ourselves really quickly here, why or when would we have a tendency to hide the light? And the list is endless, but here, here are some ideas. First of all, it could be because we forget that Jesus is the light and not us. In other words, we, we might try to shine as lights, in our own strength or our own performance. Or we might, on the opposite, hesitate to do it because we don't have the confidence in our own ability. But here's the thing. A lamp can't light itself. Being a light, then, is about humbly allowing Jesus and his spirit to continue his work in us and strengthen us and to partner with us in proclaiming his kingdom. He lights the lamp. We need to remember that. Another reason we might hide the light under our beds is because we're, we're afraid of what others might think of us, right? right? We're, we're afraid of what they, what they might say if we did share our faith in Christ and the good news of, of his salvation with them, right? It's, it's the old fear of man dilemma. We don't want to be embarrassed or made fun of or whatever, right? But let's be honest. We might be the only light of Christ that they get to see, so let's get over ourselves. Who cares what they, what they think of us? Let's get over ourselves and let's remember to look to Christ for our worth and our confidence, not their opinions. Let's look to Christ so that we can shine, so, so we can make them wonder what we got, to make them wish that we were not on the outside looking bored. Or as Paul writes in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. A lamp is not ashamed of being lit. It shines as bright as it can, as bright as it's supposed to, and for as long as it can. And just as we need the sunlight to see where we're going and to live out our lives, this darkened world desperately needs the light of Christ to truly live. And we're called to be that. And speaking of, of being the only Christ they see in this world, we, we may also have a tendency to hide the light when we get caught up in the world ourselves or when we want to impress those within it. But let's remember, a light can never become a shadow. Or a light can never simultaneously be a shadow. You can't simultaneously follow Christ and the world. 
So this parable, once again, is a reminder that, that to follow after Christ is to be all in. We can't turn the light off and on. It's either on and growing brighter, or it's off. As Jesus says, those who have will be given more, and those who don't, whatever they think they had, will be taken away. And on that end, a lamp needs fuel to stay lit and grow brighter, doesn't it? So this is why God commanded Aaron and the the Levitical priests to continually add more olive oil to the lamp within the temple so that it wouldn't ever go out. And in the same way, the light within us needs to be fed with fuel. And so what might fuel the light of Christ within us? What might fan that, that flame of Christian maturity and in growing in our knowledge of the God who saved us? You know the answer. By spending more time spouting off our opinions on Facebook. No, of course not. We need to be continually consuming the word of God and allowing him to speak into our hearts. The Bible, the word of God, is a gift which is given to us as the fuel for the flame of Christ within us. His Holy Spirit was even given to specifically guide us into the truth and give us understanding as we prayerfully and humbly approach it. And in contrast to this is that every day that we neglect to read our Bibles... We're hiding our light under our beds. And every day that we neglect to study and meditate on God's word and his presence, we're hiding that light under a basket. And what what happens to a fire that's covered up for too long? What happens when it runs out of fuel? It goes out. Luke 8.18, therefore, Jesus says, therefore take care how you listen. For whoever has, more will be given to him. And whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away from him. So, as we read this verse in conjunction with Jesus' previous lesson about the soils, which we talked about last week, we can infer in this verse that those who think they they walk in the light and have the truth, but yet aren't growing in it, they they didn't really have it at all. And whatever knowledge they thought they had will be taken from them like the first three soils of the parable. But those who fuel the flame, so to speak, those who dig down deep and study the word of God with the light of Christ illuminating it and opening it up for them, they'll continue to grow in their knowledge and understanding of it and also in their relationship with him. As it says in Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And also in Psalm 36, 9, one of my favorite verses, For with you is the fountain of life. In your light do we see light. In the light of Christ, we can see our path clearly, and we can grow in the truth. Therefore, to be lights that shine brightly for him, and to find our way in this world as his disciples, we need to be continuously fanning the flame within us with his truth, by being in his word. And and more than that, we also need to allow it to have its revealing and, and transforming effect on us as we do it, even when it's uncomfortable for us. Because sometimes it, it is uncomfortable to have that spotlight on us, isn't it? Because when that spotlight is on us, nothing can be hidden. 
And, and this, is, this is the problem with, with my wife turning on all the lights in whatever room she's in. Yes, it ensures that we can see what we're doing, but it also reveals whatever mess or dust might be piling up in the room. And once you see it, you, you, you can't ignore it anymore, right? It, it has to be dealt with. You can't pretend it's not there anymore. Theologian Daryl Bach writes, light does, not shine, or, light does not just shine to illumine the way. It also reveals how things really are. The word shows the way and brings to light the secret things in people's hearts. Whether we realize it or not, the word shines and exposes. And the light of Christ does this in our hearts. Verse 17, Jesus says, For nothing is concealed that won't be revealed, and nothing hidden that won't be made known and brought to light. This might also be why we we try to hide the light from ourselves or why we might have a tendency to hide the light from others because we don't want our sins or mistakes to be made known we don't we 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 don't want the dark parts of our hearts to be exposed for all to see or for god to see and and neither do we want our words to offend others or make others uncomfortable either but let's not forget first of all everything Everything will be revealed by the light of Christ on the last day anyway. So, so what are you waiting for? Why hold on to those things or let your neighbor hold on to them? And secondly, his light only reveals what's been concealed in the darkness so that it can be dealt with. Not to condemn or bring shame, <clears throat> excuse me, but only so that it can be dealt with and removed by his grace and mercy. He paid the debt for all of those things at the cross so they can be dealt with, forgiven, and forgotten, erased. Don't we want to experience that deeply? Don't we want others to know it as well? So yes, to, to shine the light for all to see can be an awkward and, and difficult process at times, but, it, but it's a necessary one. It's a freeing one, like ripping off a Band-Aid. <clears throat> As Paul David Tripp once wrote, <clears throat> excuse me, as Paul David Tripp once wrote, the grace that exposes your sin is the same grace that offers you forgiveness. So as we, as we step into the light, we need to allow it to sanctify us and to have its transforming effect on us. Because the more it reveals and removes what's been concealed in the dark, the brighter we can shine. So on that note, How can we shine the light of Christ? Well, Jesus tells us, first of all, and and as I've already noted earlier, by being given more, growing in the light of his word by his light. Read your Bibles and you'll stoke that flame within you. Secondly, we can do it by proclaiming the gospel to others. Faith comes by hearing, but as, as the Apostle Paul notes, how will they hear if we don't tell them? So to shine Christ is to proclaim him with our mouths, to share the gospel, and to even share share our own testimony of it. And so so we need to ask ourselves, who, who in our life needs to hear this incredible message of Christ's saving grace? Who in your life needs to hear your testimony and your reason for the faith within you? As Paul reminds Timothy, we need to be ready to share that reason for our faith in season and out of season at all times. 
Our light needs to be displayed and ready to be seen at all times. And on that, in another way, we're meant to be lights of Christ is by practically living it out and displaying it. As Jesus says, his true family are those who hear the word and do it. His true family are those who hear the word and do it. Or as it says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So to shine the light of Jesus is, is to live like Jesus called us to from the moment he saved us and redeemed us from sin. And the reality is, is that those who've been truly set free, those who've, who've been truly changed by him and are being changed by him, will become more like him day by day. Because obedience comes out of loving and being loved by him. John 10, 10, 27 reminds us of this. It says, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So those who know Jesus, hear Jesus, and desire to follow after him. And as we do this, as we obey his statutes and his word, as we love God and love others as ourselves, as we lay down our lives for his name, as we use the gifts he's given us for his glory, as we lift up the broken and destitute, and as we seek to build up the body of Christ into maturity, we become like a city on a hill, a beaming beacon of light which points the world to Jesus. And, and speaking of the, the body of Christ... That's one of the amazing things about all of this, which is that his light is what unifies us as a family so that together we can become a truer reflection of the glory of God than any one believer could emulate on their own. Jesus uses his, his own family to demonstrate his truth in this passage. His mother and brothers come to see him, and, and, and they can't get to him because of the crowd. And so someone says, hey, the, your mother and, and brothers are here. And, and, and he says to those with him, my true mothers and brothers are those who hear the word and do it. The word of God, the light of Christ, not only changes our individual lives, but it changes our loyalty. The blood of Christ doing its work in us creates a stronger bond with other believers than, than, than even with our blood relatives. As Tabiti Anyabwile writes, the word of God read and obeyed holds out the promise of a new and better family. We receive brothers and sisters, fathers and mothers, 100-fold through the word of God. That's what the local church is to be, the family of God united by obedience to the word. I praise God for the way he's been doing that in our lives already. And I echo that sentiment. I praise God for the way he's been doing that in our lives, in this church already. And to that I say, what a privilege it is to be part of this family of God and to watch it become even stronger week by week. On that end, let's continue to grow together as the family of God. Let's continue to intentionally and sacrificially and joyfully seek this unity of the word and of the spirit. Let's abound in serving and encouraging and building up one another within this family unit that we might become an even brighter light of Christ for all the world to see. 
As Jesus said, they will know him by the way we love one another. So in in light of all of this, because of the salvation we've received through Christ's victory over sin at the cross, because we've been given the light of life, let's not hide it. But in his strength, in his power, Let's passionately and courageously and joyfully place that light upon the lamp so it can shine brightly. As living temples, let's bring his truth and presence and power and good news into the places of darkness, into our homes, into our schools, into our offices, and into our neighborhoods so that as many people as possible may see it and hear it and be changed by it that they may experience what Jesus declared for us in John 8, 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let us pray together. Lord, thank you for revealing the light of life to us and by exchanging your own life on the cross so that we may know it. Now we ask that you would grant us the strength and the grace to be vessels and living temples of your light within the world. Shine brightly within us as individuals and as the church, your family, so that those who are walking in darkness may see you and therefore be eternally changed by your grace and your love. And we pray all this in your beautiful and mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.